ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I love you. I know. It's a trap! Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. I don't like sand. You're a slave? I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. May the Force be with you. Hello there. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Drop It Like It's Hoth podcast, another podcast about all things Star Wars. I'm Bernard Klingenberg, and I'm here with my friends Austin Kim, Becca Barron, and Kayla Barron. No relation. Um, thanks for coming, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> then I might be related. You know, you know. <laughs> the, two, the two Barones. Um, <laughs> so we hang out pretty often in one of uh, the top topics of conversation i feel like is star wars we all love star wars to different different varying degrees um and all are very different people and so i think we have some fun conversations because of that so just why don't you guys go around and just say who you are what you do like what your profession is and what your favorite star wars tv show movie book or the thing that you love the most about Star Wars. We'll start with Kayla. All right, right off the bat. Um, so my name is Kayla. Um, I work at an elementary school. I do all things uh, records, enrollment, attendance, basically anything that needs to be done. Um, favorite, I think my favorite show at the moment is still Mandalorian just because I love like music, the storyline, and um, just the stylistic um, way they did everything. So. Sweet. Austin? Hi, my name is Austin. I am a medical assistant in a orthopedic office, and I also lead worship at uh, Refuge Bible Church in Salinas. And I grew up with Star Wars, uh, mainly the prequels, and I think my favorite film um, is probably a toss-up between episode three and episode five. And show-wise, I would probably agree with Kayla. It's kind of a toss-up between Mandalorian and Rebels. Um, hi, my name's Becca. I work at a church. <laughs> um, let me think. So, Star Wars movies... I feel like it's really hard to pick, um, but I definitely gravitate towards Return of the Jedi more than any of the other movies. I also really love Rogue One, um, and then I also love Episode Three as well. So um, those are probably my top three. And then as far as TV, was it just TV, TV show, in, show general. in general, or Disney any Star Wars specific? IP you enjoy? Oh, okay, then Rebels. Those were all great answers. No one, uh, no one mentioned the sequel trilogy, so people can kind of already tell what type of Star Wars people we are. <laughs> no, they don't exist. In my if mind. you notice from the intro, the sequel, there were no sequel trilogy uh, clips in there for a certain reason, because um, they are kind of rough. But yeah, I work at a church as well. I'm a technical person. And I would say my favorite movie is 
uh, Empire Strikes Back, partially because of nostalgia from when I was a kid. I do, I am probably the only person in the world that really likes Attack of the Clones. Don't know why. I've watched it so much and it's just like comfort for me. But then the TV show Rebels, I will constantly kind of go to bat for as definitely very underplayed, um, but amazing story. And I think that flows into kind of the new show that we'll be talking about today about Kenobi, because a lot of the stuff happening in Kenobi, I feel, is kind of linked to what happens in Rebels. Very, like, tangentially, like, not super connected, but... I think that's why I really like this period of Star Wars. It's after the prequels and in the time of, like, the Empire's thriving, like, right before the original series. I think that's a fun kind of spot for them to try and talk about. So, yeah, while we're recording this, only the first four episodes of Kenobi had dropped. So a lot of the stuff we talk about right now, when we do, like, speculation and things, it's probably going to be out of date. Um... Because I don't know when I'm going to publish this. Because we'll see if it even gets out to the public. Um, so we might have all the answers that we're looking for. And But the first four episodes um, have definitely left a certain uh, feel for people, I think. a lot of I've already seen a lot of division amongst people of really not enjoying it. And some people really liking it. Which is that with any type of media that's closely associated with something as important as Star Wars or even just Obi-Wan as a character um but so what do you guys think um about the start of Kenobi I think they did a really good job just capturing uh you know old Ben as a character I mean he's obviously dealing with a lot of PTSD with you know the downfall of the Jedi Order and just his own falling out with his apprentice and everything that happened with Anakin, just the trauma that he kind of has to deal with just recurrently. And so he's just he's really trying to like make a life for himself and trying to lay low. And so I, th- I think they really, you know, nailed that. He's, he's obviously trying to, in some way, shape or form, you know, provide for, for Luke, but obviously still kind of keep some distance there. Um, there's an obvious kind of atmosphere of, like dread, and there's always like the threat of you know something. You've got the Inquisitors, the Empire, like you said, is thriving, and so I, I think they really captured the the setting and the vibe really well. This uh, you know post Republic, I, I think it's like what ten years, kind of into the creation of the Empire. The Empire's been around for about a decade now, and you know they they've got their stranglehold on on much of the galaxy and so i think they've done a really good job of of just kind of portraying this point in time um but also you know where kenobi is at just personally of just you know his his connection to the force is obviously not what it was his skill set you know is is definitely rusty um and he's really just trying to survive yeah i definitely like I think view any new Star Wars, like anything coming out with like zero expectations because like the sequels just killed it for me in terms of like building expectations and being like significantly disappointed. Um, So I think that like going in with zero expectation, Kenobi has surprised me immensely. 
Um, so, like, the storyline with Leia um, was a pleasant but welcome surprise. Um, and then I think that, like, initially I was a little put off by Kenobi's, like, attitude... But then I think the more that I think about it with, like, everything that happened with Order 66 and this being, like, a decade out, I was like, well, no, this is actually probably more realistic um, of just kind of, like, being in the sidelines and then losing a lot of his, like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, grip on the Force um, and being reluctant to go and help the way that he used to. Um, So, yeah. I feel like, though, there's a lot this series so far, there's just a ton of question marks that still haven't been answered, and that's worrying because there's only two episodes left, and I feel like there's still, like, a huge gap, like, you know, like, where does Reva's anger come from, and at what point is she going to be a character that I enjoy? Um, And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but overall, I'm pretty satisfied with Kenobi, so. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard when you revisit, like, any character, especially after um the previous movies and i but i think they did a pretty good job with like yeah like how he's doing like emotionally like post anakin um and i think too like i think it's tough when you with like the child leia you kind of know her as an adult so it's kind of hard to like you probably had like in your head a picture of like what she would have looked like or what she would have acted like but i think um i think it did a just um showing that and I, I i really think it's interesting like yeah having like the jedi and hiding and kind of like a persecution type like vibe going on yeah i think those are kind of the two hot topics i feel like people have been talking about recently is the situation with young Leia and also just crotchety old Ben Kenobi um because we all remember Kenobi from at least the the prequels or if you've watched the Clone Wars a ton like we got seven seasons of him being kind of at his peak you know training and constantly a part of intrigue and um different missions and things like that so we saw him do like some really cool things and then the next time you're introduced to a character, you know, he's just kind of, like, sad and doesn't want to do anything. Definitely lost faith in the Jedi Order, which, um, I was reading a book about it, and it was fun that Qui-Gon was Obi-Wan's master, and Qui-Gon was very attuned with the Force. He's definitely one of the Jedis that started the whole being able to be so connected with the Force that you could come back as a Force ghost. But Obi-Wan is very much more mm-hmm. kind of like by the book or like listening to the rules of like the Jedi Order. He kind of believed in the, the Jedi Order more as an institution. And so the fact that that institution crumbled and is what caused the rise of the Sith and the Empire, like he just has to be so heartbroken and feel so responsible for everything that happened that after watching it a second time, like I can, I understand. I understand why we have to start with him in this low place and, you know, in these four episodes, we've kind of already seen him starting to kind of get his mojo back. Like, I feel like that's what the most recent episode was with him trying to capture, or not capture, um, save Leia from Fortress Inquisitorius was like, 
actually see him starting to deflect blaster bolts and actually, like, you know, hold his own. Like, you kind of see the cobweb starting to come off in his head, but it's going to be it's going to be a process for sure. And a, a lot of people are unsure about the young Leia. I've heard a lot of people being really rude about the young actress's performance. And, you know, like, what what can you expect? Like, where you expect a, a sassy Princess Leia who, like, her... One of her few lines in A New Hope is, you're too sh- are you that, can a stormtrooper be that short or something? Or you're a little short to be a stormtrooper, like. <laughs> so she is sassy. Yeah, so that, yeah that, that tracks, but people are still kind of upset about it. Yeah. What are, okay, so I haven't heard that. Like, what is it specifically, is the hate on little Leia? Oh, that she's just like, not a good actress or it's a very hollow performance or that she does seem super young like she looks like my daughter ellie i feel like they'd be like the same height but she just turned that actress just turned 10 like a couple weeks ago or something so she was probably like seven or she was probably like eight or nine when they were filming but she does look super young so yeah, to start, I thought she was like, yeah, like six. And then I heard Kenobi say, she's only 10. And I was like, what? But, I mean, I think yeah. she does a, a great, a good job, you know, for being that young. Well, and you think about, like, how impressive Leia was just, like, as a character. Like, she got her PhD when she was, what, like, 18? And like became, or she became a senator when she was eighteen. Got her PhD when she was nineteen. So like, ten-year-old Leia's got to be like, <laughs> I mean, that's like, got to be pretty impressive, you know? Like, and so I get that, but I also am like, just be realistic. Like, she's a ten-year-old kid, you know? Like, I don't know. I like because I've really enjoyed little Leia. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I'm more forgiving on the acting role part of it, but. I really like the way that they're choosing to portray Leia at that age. Um, it's kind of like exactly what, like the sort of shenanigans I would have expected her to get into. Yeah, I even feel like, it, like I was thinking about it today, like this episode, like episode four, I mean, it's like basically the plot line of A New Hope um, with some additional like magic thrown in. Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, how chill Leia was in A New Hope, like, just kind of, like, lounging when Luke and Han came in to save her. And I'm like, this is probably why, because she's, like, been here, done that, has been kidnapped before. She's like, somebody's either coming for me or I'm going to die. Like, no big deal. (laughs) And part of me did have a little cringe moment when Bail Organa did say, one day this whole planet will look to you. Like, that, that had to be a lapse in judgment, because when I thought of that, I just thought of when all the, the planet was destroyed. I know. Yes. <laughs> well, we were watching it, remember? I, I turned to you and I said, like, Alderaan, or like, Aldergon. <laughs> it, like, it was so sad, but it was like, it was just like ironic and funny, and so I couldn't help but laugh. I felt like that was fan service. Yeah, so that that's kind of the other question with these with these Disney Plus shows that are coming out. Like Kayla, you mentioned Mandalorian, and that still definitely is like out of the most recent stuff that's come out of Lucasfilms and Star Wars is top notch. What what parts of the Disney Plus 
shows, like, how much do you think they're trying to cater to hardcore fans like us crazy people, normal people, who maybe will watch it once and be like, that was fun, and, like, people who don't even know what's, like, happening. So I, I feel like, depending on who they are focused on, is kind of will color what type of show it is. Yeah. Well, I actually know of a lot of people who, like, their first Star Wars, like, experience was Mandalorian. And then from there, they're like, oh, now I actually want to go back and watch everything else. But I was more so worried with, like, Kenobi because, like, I was a little worried that they would try to, like, kind of do, like, a Mandalorian-type show. But I think, and, like, modernize it and everything like that. But I think they did a really good job with kind of um, sticking to, like, the original, like, trilogy's, like, style more so. And, um, but they still did a lot of, like, I think really good shots, kind of like in Rogue One where, like, Darth Vader comes in and, like, slashes all the stormtroopers, kind of like that. Um few scenes with Darth Vader and Kenobi and everything but but yeah I was a little worried that they would kind of butcher it a bit I feel like mm, I think that like they're creating storylines and like their philosophy behind the series is very similar to like I think they're going for like a Rogue One style where they're creating a lot of like action packed movies with very like they're not super complicated storylines and I think that's where they're trying to appeal to the like casual and not at all a Star Wars fan um where it's like this isn't this like super nerdy like I can't be friends with you because you like sci-fi sort of a series um but then I think that the way that they're doing like fan service is all of the little easter eggs in every episode um and I think that like not in every episode, but I think with Kenobi so far, it has kind of the Force Awakens feel to it, where it's like, it almost feels like, you know, first day of senior year of high school, where it's like, you're pointing out all the stuff that you're going to miss in like nine months when you graduate. It's like, oh, and look at that. It's a clone trooper. And like, oh, look at that. You know, there's that dead Jedi that I used to love in the Clone Wars. And um, so those things like kind of, I think they get a little overwhelming um, and I kind of wish that, and I like I think that that's the way that they're dealing. They're kind of appealing to fans that want maybe more of an intricate storyline. But I wish that they weren't there to just be like, "Aha!" Um, I wish that they had more of a point to the greater story. Like, is that Rex homeless on the street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's what I thought at first, and I think the best example of fan fan service it's a little bit of a deeper cut that worked really well was at the very end of mandalorian season one when moff gideon pops out of the tie fighter with a freaking dark saber like yeah I, I remember talking to my parents about that and my mom was like that was so cool i was like do you do you know what that is do you and she was like it's a lightsaber i'm like no you don't even know but it's like it's one of those things that drops and like makes you ask so many mm -hmm. questions because you know everyone who knows what the dark saber is is like, who? How did he get it? And I think that's where I was. I was upset with the situation with Reva 
who I, 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 I can say I don't like. I don't like Riva. I'm having a hard time with her. So, Becca, when you were saying, I hope... I do hope that they give us a reason why she's so angsty. She's like an Anakin-Kylo hybrid for some reason. She's like a watered-down version. She's like the poor man's Kylo. Which is really saying something. But when she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor... I, you guys have heard me complain about this, where it's like, that felt pointless, because it's like, if you watch Rebels, like I said, this one of my favorites, like, we know the Grand Inquisitor is one of the biggest villains in that first season, so the stabbing him, even if they bring him back, I find it just totally pointless, and like, maybe that helps you see how intense Reva is with like, getting Kenobi, but part of me is like, I know he's coming back, so that was just a waste. Yeah, I was about to like, agree and say, like, that is kind of, like, you know, one of my gripes with the storyline, too, is, like, it, it it's almost kind of there just for, like, shock factor, and they could have done a lot more with it, and kind of the parallel that I'll use is, like, it's, like, in, uh, in The Last Jedi, when Snoke gets, like, stabbed, and you're like, oh, dang, he just died, whatever, and it's like, they could have done so much with Snoke, but they just threw all the potential kind of out the window, whatever. Like, they could have done some really cool things, like the Grand Inquisitor, and, you know, the Inquisitor's, like, almost, like, playing off each other, but instead they chose to go this route of, like, oh, big shock factor, and we're gonna, you know, give Reba a bunch of screen time. I, I was reading one review, and it was kind of funny. It's like, you know, the show's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, not, not Reba. <laughs> so... That was, I thought that was, I kind of laughed. I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. She does have a really, you know, large amount of screen time. And she really is kind of like Becca said, like kind of like a female Kylo. And is very temperamental. And I'm not really sure how much I like the banter between her and, I think, you know, Fifth Brother. Uh, just they, they always seem to be like butting heads. They're, they're, yeah, they're like, like, they're like an angry, like, sibling kind of duo, honestly. Just kind of vying for, like, you know, for, for daddy's favor. Yeah, basically, and it's 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 almost like they're they're like it's like it's like you're walk, you're watching like children just like banter like back and forth, and so I feel I feel like they could have done a better job with the uh, the Inquisitors specifically, of just because I mean I mean really it's like it's kind of like you, you guys have all seen you know Rebels like the Grand Inquisitor he sometimes it's almost like something out of like a horror movie, and mm-hmm. right now it's almost like kind of hard to take any of the Inquisitors seriously because it's like it's just like. Yeah, they're like children bantering. Yeah, I think that, like, New Disney is, like, not doing good at all with their villains. Like, I feel like they create this villain that has a lot of potential, and they immediately create a caricature of it. It's, like, how I feel I will forever get frustrated thinking about General Hux. Like, so much potential to be, like, this crazy dictatorial, like, super scary, like, amplified version of, like, everything that's awful about a general with, like, no power except the one that he creates for himself, and then he's just, like, slapstick comedy. And, like, with the Inquisitors, I feel like if it was a character that they were creating with the majority of the Inquisitors, that'd be one thing, but it's, like, we already know how badass they are, so it's, like, why would you not, like, amplify that, and then also why would you create an Inquisitor that is angry for no reason whatsoever? Like, and I, yeah... I'm also like, it just like, I feel like we're four season, four episodes in and we still don't know why she is angry at Kenobi specifically. Like, I'm like, why Kenobi? Like, Yoda's presumably alive. There's so many other Jedi that we know are still presumably alive. Why is she hung up on Kenobi specifically? 
Um, and then, like, how did she find out all of this information that, like, even Vader doesn't know about? Like, Yeah, and she also knows that Vader is Anakin Skywalker. And how does she know that? Yeah, how does she know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, why does she know, like, that Luke and Leia exist and their importance to Kyla, or to Kenobi? Um, like, that... Or at least she knows Leia exists. I don't know if she knows Luke exists. Yeah. My my deep cut conspiracy theory is that she's some type of like bastard love child of Darth Maul and is doing his bidding secretly. But that makes no sense, obviously. But that's shh. <laughs> 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 like that it's crazy. Part part of like, I, part of me also wishes they didn't. If they if we knew we were going to have Kenobi, like I much rather have had them not conclude that so much in Rebels, like, but they did it well, but I would have rather this have been a conflict with Darth Maul, just because he, he like, he would generally be like Reva and just, like, would hate Kenobi's guts, and, like, that would be worth it, and I would have loved to see that. As much as it is cool to kind of see, I, I do like the, the Vader-Ben conflict, like, how Ben is coming to terms with Anakin being Vader and all that stuff, but I would have liked the Darth Maul conflict more yeah and that is a breath of fresh air i mean yeah. I, think, I think vader has been like the saving grace of like the show and just seeing like the parallelism like you see them like both like in the back of the tank you see them kind of harken back to the conflict on mustafar when vader throws kenobi into the fire and everything a whole like cat and mouse kind of chase scene like the, the you know, kind of, kind of like a Empire Strikes Back type of vibe when you know Vader's kind of playing around with Luke. Like mm-hmm. you see him kind of get inside Kenobi's head a bit, and you know, even even just the scene where he's like snapping people's like necks, like left and right. It's yes. like, yeah, that that definitely tracks, especially with like what we saw in Rogue One of just like real hardcore yeah. Vader. I thought his kind of, his lines were a little cheesy though. Like, he said, you should have killed me when you had the chance, or, like, I don't know. Yeah, it tracks, though, with Anakin's, like, moodiness and all that. I, yeah, you know, it's still not the worst line written in Star Wars ever, so. Oh, what's the worst line written in Star Wars ever? Is it somehow Palpatine returned? (laughs) I used to think that Yoda telling Palpatine, telling, um... Uh, yeah, Palpatine, not if anything I to say about it I have was the worst, like, Yoda-ism, and then, like, somehow Palpatine returned. No, I, was I like, don't oh, like there you go. That's the worst line ever written. <laughs> yeah. No, I even, like, I was... Yeah, that's perfect. That's a, that was up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have a love-hate relationship with that quote, because it's awful, oh. but it's also true. Like, There's also The Last Jedi with the, the Rose Tico quote of, like, Oh, but we we win by saving those that we love. Just like what? Yes. (sighs) Yeah, that is. That's really that's what Kenobi needs to do. He needs to kiss Anakin, and everything will be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I have enjoyed that though. Seeing like Vader kind of without the suit on, and just like you kind of see how like messed Mm -hmm. up he is. You see his little like. Yeah. stumps also. I mean, I was stoked the scene we get to see him, like, assembled with his suit and stuff, like... Yeah, that, that was pretty... I, I, really yeah, it was something like that, that people have wanted to see for 
a while, and so it was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I think the cool thing about Kenobi is how much they brought in from like other stuff, like um, comics and um, the video, especially the video game Fallen Order. I haven't played it, but of course I've watched plenty of walkthrough of it. Um, and that deals heavily with Cal Kestis and like the Inquisitors and Vader's Fortress. So I, I think it's cool that they're doing that. And so I feel like people who played those video games maybe are really having a good time. Um, but I feel like that's, that's like, that's a very small demographic compared to the other hardcore Star Wars people. Yeah, I like that they even had uh, Kenobi fall in the fire and Vader just watch him burn. Like, I've been seeing a lot of people, like, asking questions. It's, like, all over Instagram. Like, why didn't Vader just walk through the fire and finish Kenobi? And I'm like, dude, he wanted to let him burn. Like, he wanted him to feel, like, the pain. Like, it's like, I'm like, that's, like, the most obvious answer. Like, he was getting satisfaction. Like, obviously, he's snapping kids' necks and killing people left and right. He could do what he wants, but... I just was very happy with that. You know he could have, like, jumped over that fire, or he could have just, like, blown it out in a second. But, like, you know, he... I mean, you can tell, like, you know, when, when he's fighting Kenobi, like, after the first, like, three or four blows, like, he's not even... He's only using one hand, and he's just, like, he's finding out, like, oh, this isn't even, like, going to be a challenge. I'm just going to, like, toy around with him. And it's like, you know Darth Vader let him get away. It's like he, he wants it. He wants a, a prolonged kind of suffering. He wants the satisfaction of like making him suffer, making him kind of just. He doesn't want it to be over like quick and easy. So. So now the whole conflict with Vader. Do you guys have any issues with that based off of the dialogue we get in A New Hope when Vader first. Um, confronts Kenobi saying like when last time we met I was but the learner now I am the master or something like that does that bug you guys at all or is it easy just to kind of be like well yeah they're gonna have to reconcile that somehow because obviously what they're alluding to is that there's gonna be another showdown and obviously you know they both come out of it alive but is Kenobi gonna pull some kind of brilliant trick you know kind of out of his sleeve or is he gonna like checkmate Vader in some way, to where he realizes, like, oh, you know, maybe he's not all that weak, or maybe he's still, you know, a formidable opponent, or something like that. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they reconcile that. Yeah, I think, because at the end of this, like, we already know that neither Obi-Wan nor Vader is going to defeat the other with this series. Like, that's going to happen in A New Hope. So I think that it's probably going to be more of, like, Vader's going to maybe be overly confident in a very Anakin fashion, and he's going to get spanked by Kenobi. Um, Like, I don't know how epic the showdown will be, but I think it's going to be something like that, where he just gets reminded that he's not, like, quite as powerful as he thinks that he he is. Um, But, yeah, I'm not, like, too hung up on it. I mean, partially because I've read that, like, some of the writers didn't really, aren't super well versed in their source materials, um, and kind of put some stuff in that was just kind of like, you know, like uh, the big reveal that Vader is Anakin, despite the fact that Kenobi like watched Palpatine tell him to rise as Lord Vader. So it's like there's like stuff like that where I'm like, okay, 
Like, I mean, we could try to, like, debate, like, whether Kenobi in his, like, decrepit state forgot that Vader was Anakin or that he probably maybe thought that another person was calling themselves Lord Vader instead of Anakin. Well, I think he, I think he thought that he died on Mustafar. I feel like, because that's what Owen says to him in episode one, like, Anakin is dead. So I think Obi-Wan thought he was dead and... There's a, yeah, like, it's kind of weird, like, okay, but you do realize there's this giant empire with this guy called Lord Vader running it, and yeah. you haven't heard of him, so that is a little far-fetched sometimes. Yeah, like, I think how surprised he was, like, because, I mean, if you, if you died, and then somebody was like, and this is Bernard Klingenberg, and you, you were wearing know. a mask, a I probably would assume that it's you, you know, Germany. like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the Superman effect. If you take your glasses off, I'm not going to recognize you on the street. So, um, who even is that? <laughs> I think, but I, yeah, I'm just trying to not get hung up on stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm not too, like, hung up on certain things. I think, I mean, I'm not, like you said, we're all on varying levels of Star Wars fandom. Um, so, I like, honestly, I feel like, oh, I gotta go back and, like, watch some of those things to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm not too hung up on it. There, there's some, someone said that when they talk to the people at Disney or so, that it's like, whatever's canon, they know what's canon. They're not going to contradict canon. But the reality of, like, these, these people are trying to jam in in exciting stories in a time frame that is in the middle of stuff that we already have so it's like the other things were created before the new stuff and those things were created as a whole like they had a story like there weren't super plot holes or anything and so they like closed every book so now they're trying to go back and make more exciting things and to do that you've really got to tiptoe around like okay shoot so they said this in A New Hope, but maybe we could get around it because we need something that exciting to happen. Like, So maybe we can kind of finagle it that like, they do have a conflict, or like you said, Austin, like they are going to have a conflict, but you know, Obi-Wan's still going to be the master at the end of it or something. Because um, who else is Obi-Wan going to have a fight with in these 20 years before he meets Vader? And so it's like, I know that. These people aren't perfect. They're trying to make money. They're trying to make good stories. And all this stuff hasn't been, like... It's not like a giant secret Bible that George Lucas made with, like, the details of every single... If he, if he did, I'd want to read it. Because it's probably great. He probably wrote the sequels actually correctly instead of what they decided to do. <laughs> um, but, so it's like... And I hear people always, like, trying to rationalize stuff. Like, the, the joke about when Luke jumps up, like, on the on the rafters in Return of the Jedi and Vader says, Obi-Wan has taught you well. And people are like, that's because of the high ground. It's like, no, it's not. They just wrote it like that. Like, that's yes. a cool, but it's like, it's like, they, no way is Disney <laughs> this smart that they're making all those connections. We're just crazy fans just trying to make this as good as it can be. And so my final thing that um, I've, I've noticed is just with, it's with, um, Kenobi is directed by Deborah Chow, and she did some of the Mandalorian. But in the credits and stuff, I don't see anything with, like, Filoni's name on it. And for me, 
that's kind of where I'm like, okay, Dave Filoni is mm-hmm. kind of like Star Wars second in command. Like George Lucas has kind of told him everything, and he's kind of like the front runner. I feel like so when his name is attached to things like with the Mandalorian, I feel like it's it's maybe a little bit better than when it's not. And so I may be wrong. Maybe he does have some influence in Kenobi, but. I feel like when I see that, I'm just like, okay, I kind of know what to expect then from this show, since Filoni's not directly attached to it. Yeah, it's like Willy Wonka doesn't have Charlie hanging around. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's like, uh, it's like, there's, we talked about it earlier, like, there's a degree to which they have to, like, Disney's gonna make Star Wars palatable for a wider audience. And if they were to be into the, like, super persnickety about the details, um, you'd lose a good chunk of that wider audience. It's kind of like, you know, like, being a huge Harry Potter fan and really only accepting the books as canon. I take a lot of issue with the movies because there's things that, like, are very significant that they kept out, but I'm not going to, like, cry about it because, like, it's it would take a lot to explain why Harry doesn't snap the Elder Wand in reality, you know, and, like, chuck it over a bridge. Um, So it's just, like, you know, are you going to, like, split hairs or just accept the fact that this series that you love your whole life is now being made into, like, a decent and palatable TV show? Um, And it's also giving credibility to the fandom that you used to make fun of for. So it's, like... Yeah, but I do miss the touch of Filoni. It's definitely, like, blaringly absent from Kenobi in the details. So what do you guys want to see in these next two episodes of Kenobi? Um, I'm holding out for, very vaguely, for Reva. I really hope that they explain her in a way that redeems her. Um, and I like partially because I ju- it just would feel like such a waste of time otherwise, and also because that actress is phenomenal. Like she was in the Queen's Gambit, and like she's freaking amazing as an actress. And I feel like it kind of be like um, John Boyega, where it's like they have potential for this incredible character, and then like and an incredible actor, and then they just waste it on like caricatures and not developing the like the character properly. So. I really hope in the next two episodes we see something that makes that, like, her role and her rationale for being there a little bit more tangible. I am hoping that Kenobi will kind of redeem himself also in a couple of ways. Um, Obviously, we know that, you know, Leia gets rescued and gets home to Alderaan, grows up to be, you know... uh, big political figure, obviously. So we're able to connect dots there, but kind of like Becca was saying, that, that you know, we learn more about Reva and her backstory, why is she so ticked off at Kenobi specifically, and then, you know, what is Kenobi going to do about her, and what's he going to do about Vader specifically, because um, yeah, I mean, is he going to get his butt kicked again? Is he going to put Vader in his place? It's just kind of like um, those are kind of the what, I, what I'd like to see happen, um, but we'll, we'll see. I think I'm just looking to see how the plot lines unravel, and um, just to see like the development of like everyone's character and everything, Kenobi and 
Um, yeah, just to see how that goes. Yeah, I, I really hope to see at the end of this, like, how Kenobi goes from being the kind of sad, broken man to the old, wise sage we see in A New Hope. I feel like that's, I think, that's what the whole purpose of this series is, is just to see that growth of a character. And, of course, the Rebels person in me is holding out for, like, a random cameo of, like, um, Kanan or, or Hera in, like, the ghost or something at the very end. Like, I would mm -hmm. flip a lid if something like that happened. Like, that would be <laughs> so cool. Um, but yeah. that, that's probably not going to happen. But I'm crazy. Um, sweet. Well, thanks for, thanks for chatting, guys. It was fun. Yep. Thanks for having us. Yeah.